1: beach florida this is talking motorcycles with barry boone talking motorcycles the radio show that covers the world of motorcycles and motorcycle racing we're here to entertain you inform you of new products and enhance your love of motorcycling road race flat track touring scooters vintage you name it we discuss it right here on talking motorcycles and now here's your host pro race announcer and third generation motorcycle rider barry boone Hello and welcome back to another edition of Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. I am your humble host. I'm Barry. Thank you for listening to this very special uh, episode. At least it's special to uh, all of us who are involved in, uh, in doing it. I can tell you that and, and hopefully it will be uh, important to some of you as well. Our topic today is not an easy topic. It's not one that we wish we were talking about. It's not one we would like to really be talking about. It is, however, the topic of risk versus reward in motorcycle racing. And today on this show, particularly the sport that we all love, and that is flat track motorcycle racing. In light of uh, the recent passing of some really near and dear people to the uh, paddock community, uh, Charlotte Keynes and Kyle McGrain at the final race of the year last year at Santa Rosa. Uh, Jameson Minor the, here in 2017, so fresh and uh, just a week ago we learned of the passing of Zayden Flores a, a wonderful beautiful 10-year-old young man out in California uh, who lost his life doing what he loved to do as well and uh, i will tell you that Charlie Roberts with the AMA rookies class of 79 reached out to me just a few days ago 4 days 5 whatever and he said i want to do you know a show uh, we 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 need to talk about this topic as a community Of course, I was already there. I I had just been waiting until it would be the appropriate time. That's all, because I, too, felt uh, the need to talk about the fatalities uh, in flat track and not to to minimize the severe injuries that we have seen, too, over the years and lately. It it is a fact of life. Motorcycling uh, is, in fact, very dangerous. What would we like to do today? Well, we're hoping we have – I have some personal goals. I hope we all have a little more clarity, perhaps some understanding, Uh, and perspective, and in a real sense, hopefully, we all can find some comfort from sharing stories with people who have personally experienced loss uh, and/or work very closely with those who have lost loved ones and perhaps will realistically uh, going forward, though we pray not. Uh, So, it will be today on our show, Bert Sumner. I reached out to Bert because, and he'll be on in just a matter of a couple of minutes. I reached out to Bert. Because of all the human beings alive today, I know of no one that has more history, more records, more uh, more facts about flat track, Grand National flat track rating, racing, hot shoe, and and all the other you know elements of flat track, all the other series. But basically, our topic is American flat track or Grand National flat track, as I will always refer to it. And uh, so he's going to be on. Bert's going to help put things in perspective, numbers wise, and we appreciate that he's taking time out of his workday to be here. Uh, Following Bert, we will have Ronnie Jones on. And most of you all know this, but Ronnie lost his brother David uh, in a Grand National Flat Track race in 1980. In fact, he was one of two riders to be killed in back-to-back consecutive events. Charlie Roberts will be joining us uh, with the AMA rookies class of '79 only right charlie would be on as he was the driver behind making this show happen now and we appreciate charlie for that he's also reached out to uh, the family of charlotte canes and we i think are going to get thoughts from the canes family and i'm, I'm looking forward uh, to that as well and then raymond rizzo with motor racing outreach who attends to all of the family's needs the riders needs at each and every grand national flat track throughout the year and road racing as well, I understand. So Raymond, a busy guy out there traveling, just picked up his motorhome. These will be our guests on the show. As for me, I want to just take uh, one or two minutes as we get set to bring Bert on and tell you that uh, the first loss in motorcycling that happened with me was uh, a good customer of my uncle's Honda dealership back in 1967, I believe it was, 66. John Roy DeLacy, he was the Fonz of Owensboro, Kentucky. Great guy, but invincible. He died on his way home. Uh, from picking up a new 305 Scrambler. touched me deeply. John Roy DeLacy, good man, good family. Um, My own father was killed uh, in a practice crash in 1969, uh, riding my motorcycle uh, that I flat-tracked and hair-scrambled and did everything on, and we were just out breaking in an engine. And a freak accident occurred, and Joe Boone lost his life in 1969 at 45 years old. And I remember at the funeral home, uh, folks coming by me going, I guess you're going to give up those damn motorcycles and I'm, no, I'm, I'm not. Um, I knew in my heart, I wasn't, I don't think I said it to all of them, but I knew I was a third generation motorcyclist and I knew things happened in life, flying, driving, riding, doing everything. Even at 14, I knew this and I knew I was not going to quit riding a million miles later. I'm still going. Um, though I do understand the risk. The indie uh, I think the thing that touched me the most, the death that has touched me the deepest was that of 10 year old Ethan Gillum who died on May the 6th, 2007 at a short track race I was announcing down at uh, Paducah International Raceway. I'd traveled with him, driven their truck to some couple of road races down in Texas, New Orleans. And Ethan was a special young man. He uh, was 10 at the time. His older brother, who you may know, Hayden Gillum, was 12. Ethan hit a wall down there uh, in a freak thing, Uh, tank slapper, hands came off the bars, went head on into a wall, and he rode off into heaven, as I like to think of it beautiful young man that was 2007 I remember it all like yesterday and uh, gosh there's so many we've all lost people am I right but we still do this don't we let's bring in uh our first guest on the show because I think he's going to have much to contribute to the conversation and uh we don't have a huge amount of time with anybody today but we do have time for Bert Bert welcome aboard thank you for taking time out of your day to be a part of uh, the Talking Motorcycle show today well, it's always a
2: pleasure to be on with you, Barry. Thanks for having me.
1: You know, uh, you've, you've personally experienced loss. Uh, if we're all going to talk about things that have impacted us uh, in our life, um, talk to us a little bit about uh, the aftermath after your brother Jim passed away and some of the things you might have thought and felt and, and then what did you do? Well, uh,
2: you know, I've said before many times that when my brother and I would travel to the races together and even that weekend that we drove down to Springfield together that, you know, one of the, this is obviously before the days of cell phones and CDs and all that kind of stuff. And there weren't a whole lot of radio stations that we would spend the time driving all those hours, um, not in a morbid way, but remembering the guys that had passed during racing, the the Jay Ridgeways, the Steve Delafields, the David Joneses and so on and trying to remember them and, and our, you know, one of the games we would play was, you know, what was this guy's novice numbers? What was this guy's junior number? And so that was our way of entertaining ourselves, going to the races was remembering all these guys that, uh, you know, it, it, it seemed like that when a rider would pass away from racing, that it was all too quick to kind of brush it under the rug and move on as if, as if it you know, as if that rider had never even been part of the series before. And um, so when my brother passed away at uh, Springfield, May 26th of 2002, um, I realized that, you know, I, I hadn't been writing these names down, that we had just been, you know, regurgitating them uh, for years and years and years. And I thought, well, now that, that he, hopefully, I was really hoping that my brother would be the last name on the list, to be honest with you, Barry, that I was really hoping that uh, that when I set up my memorial page at dairylandclassic.com slash memorial, html that uh, that my brother would be the last name on the top of that list and unfortunately it hasn't been that way and and you know well, we continue uh, you know and, and as far as you said what what we you know how we what, what we did immediately after that well we had a race to run you know two weeks after my brother passed we had to run the dairyland classic so uh you know we we didn't have uh a whole lot of time to uh you know think about quitting or not doing this not doing that it was you know, the the quicker we got back to normalcy, uh, the easier we were going to have to be able to, you know, get on with uh, with living life. And and motorcycles had always been part of our life. So, you know, we we mourned him that week. We had a a, a beautiful celebration for him that Thursday, and then a week later, we were racing motorcycles again.
1: And that and that's just kind of what we do, uh, Bert you have studied these numbers. Uh, You've looked at these numbers. And first of all, thank you for being uh, the most knowledgeable historian that our sport has, as far as I know, in this world. And I think all of us owe you a debt of gratitude for all the records you keep and the facts and figures. And I wish people really knew how many times you helped Grand National announcers over the years, this one especially, (laughs) uh, with facts and figures. But what are some of the what, how do we, how do we fig- figure this in? How do we calculate this? I mean, we lost two great young souls uh, at Santa Rosa last year in the last race of the year. We've started this year off uh, kind of badly. We've, we've already lost another in the form of young J- Jameson Minor. And then we learned about uh, Zayden, the uh, young amateur out in California, 10 years old. Um, in the Grand National realm, because time is not going to pre- permit us to go much further past that, how do we how do we look at this uh, numbers wise? It's 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 such a tragic tragic string of fatalities.
2: Yeah, but it's not that uncommon. From you know, I've, I've been tracing uh, the Grand National history back from the start of the AMA in 1924, and you know that uh, it seems to me that it's just nature is kind of balancing itself out. We had a tremendous run of no fatalities. I'm mean, not like going back from. World War II until now, it was very rare to have more than three seasons in a row where we didn't have any fatalities. And we just came off a run of nine seasons from 2006 to 2014, where we lost one rider, Jesse Fibbs right in the middle. So we lost Jesse in 2010, the four year, the four seasons prior to that, no fatalities, the four seasons following that, no fatalities. Um, so to me, it's just that it's kind of nature abhors a vacuum and it's, you know, the, that when you have uh, the, the human body is not designed to go 100 miles an hour with a, on a 200, 300 pound motorcycle. And, you know, as bad as it sounds, even now that we've lost, what, five riders, we've lost five riders, six, one, two, three, four, five, six riders in the last 11 plus seasons. You know, I, I look back to World War II and from on, the, you never went more than two years without at least one fatality and in several years. There were multiple you mentioned 1980 uh with david jones and state delafield in back-to-back weekends uh, 1973 there were six losses 75 there were six losses 78 there were five losses um as recently as 1999 we had two losses when david camlin passed away in july and toby jorgensen in september it's it's a dangerous sport and it's it's almost very similar to um the nasa program that you know we, from 1967 to 1986, we didn't have any fatalities, and then the the Challenger explosion, and then we go another 15, 18 years until the uh, Columbia disaster, and when those things happen, it's, oh my gosh, how did this happen? Well, we're putting people into space on a rocket. You know, the law of averages says that eventually you're going to have an incident, and the human body is not going to be able to recover from that. It's unfortunate, but that's, statistically, that's just the way it is
1: so bottom line is, uh, in a real kind of a sad s- fact is where we are right now is maintaining kind of a, are you trying to say that we are maintaining the lifelong flat track average, so to speak, that this Pretty is much. not actually, it's, it's, yep. you know, I mean, go ahead.
2: No, I, I don't think, I don't think it's outrageous. i mean, averaging one or two a year is not that, uh, not that uh, far off. I mean, it, from 1995 to 2005, there was 11 season. We lost 11 expert racers, um, and and prior to that, you go back into the 70s and in the 80s, and it was typically one or two a year that uh, that would pass away. Now, obviously, we had more more racers and more races, but um, it's still the the law of averages. of um, It's still a dangerous sport, and and with all of the air fence and improvements to technology, it's still the the human body has a couple of very uh weak points about it that if you you know the the, the old adage is that uh you know you can drown in six inches of water and you can die from a punch in the right spot and unfortunately when you have you know high-speed motorcycles traveling at high speed it it's a a blessing how many riders can crash in a year and just bounce up without a scratch on them
1: and And every time that's i
2: think what we should be focusing on
1: I do, too. And every time one bounces up, I think we we all are we breathe a little sigh of relief and we give them a round of applause and and we go back to doing what we do. And it's uh, it is always a beautiful thing to see happen. And when it doesn't, of course, thoughts and prayers. Bert, uh, real quick, before you get out of here, uh, Lane Classic 2017. Catch us up a little bit here in the next minute or so uh the june the second
2: friday night that's uh, during the ama road america superbike races uh we've got a big third mile bank track with a 12 degree bank on it uh running a big uh, open class for our professional racers and i've uh, been in contact with a number of really top guys from around the country and i realize it's the night before the lexington national but we've been putting on sur- this race for 33 years and we do a memorial dash for cash in honor of my brother jim who loved the inverted starts of the old short tracks and so we we take a handful, a half dozen of really top riders, put them in an inverted start, and see if the guy in the back can make it to the front. And uh, we've been blessed to have the support of of a lot of good sponsors, a lot of good fans, and also a lot of the really great racers that come from all over the country. And we're we're actually we're we're very very blessed to uh, to have their support so that we can continue putting on motorcycle races the way they used to be.
1: And the Dairy Lane Classic is a classic, and it's ran by a very class family. Thank you so much, and thank you for coming on today and. And being a, a very important part of our discussion, appreciate you so much, Bert. Best of luck and uh, ride safe out there.
2: Thank you, and thanks for uh, thanks for broaching the topic here. I think it's something that needs to be talked about, not merely uh, brushed under the carpet and moved on. And I look forward to hearing what uh, what Ronnie Jones and Charlie Capel, uh, Charlie, sorry, Charlie Roberts and uh, uh, Reverend Rizzo have to say.
1: Yeah. He's the chapel guy. Raymond Rizzo is. Yep. Me too. Very much. So looking forward to hearing their thoughts as well as yours. Thank you. That was Bert Sumner, ladies and gentlemen, Dairyland classic. And, and as he said, he's got a great website. He's, he has complete documented history of so much on his website. You'll, you'll spend an inordinate amount of time going through it. Got to move on time to go to break before we go. Uh, There are just a couple of things I want to tell you. First thing, from a strictly a gratitude standpoint, this portion of the Talking Motorcycles program is brought to you by the Harley-Davidson Motor Company, who recently released the uh, all-new street rod. No, it is not a V-rod variant anymore. That name is now applied to the XG750, now called an A model. And if you really are a fan of dark custom, cool, great handling, great stopping Great performance street motorcycles, especially if you live in an inner city and you do a lot of urban riding or out on two lanes in the country. It is the bike, I think, today. Uh, it has a high-output Revolution X engine, 9,000 RPM redline, drag style. Uh, the bars are straight drag drag bars with bar-end mirrors, 43-millimeter inverted front forks, piggyback reservoirs. The exhaust has been specially tuned in a very, very fabulous laboratory at the Harley-Davidson Motor Company for peak performance and, yes, sound, and I think you'll be pretty amazed with how it how the bike sounds. Uh, the note coming from this bike is tuned to perfection in a state-of-the-art sound facility. Is that important? I think so. It's got a custom soul and a really dark heart and um, a bike I think you should test ride at your Harley Davidson dealer uh, as soon as you can because it is, it is really a cool bike. Uh, this show is I am uh, focusing more on the living aspect of dying because I, I think we're going to hear over and over again a similar theme throughout this. But before we go to break, can I tell you real quick about one of my all time favorite Western movies? It was called Lonesome Dove and uh, Lonesome Dove had a couple of great characters in it. Uh, the characters were Augustus McCrae and Woodrow F. Call. They were a couple of old retired Texas Rangers on a cattle drive. And they were discussing this very topic of life and death. And Woodrow uh, F. Call took a conservative nature, didn't want to take too many risks and dangers. And Augustus McRae just wanted to live his life. And they were talking about a young lady who had recently passed. And I have to play this clip. It's only a few seconds long. It speaks my heart. Perhaps it'll reach out to you, too. This is Augustus McRae talking to his best friend in the world, Woodrow F. Call, about death and dying and living. God, Woodrow, you just don't ever get the point, do you? It ain't dying I'm talking about. It's living. And I I think that's kind of what we are talking about here today is living. We're going to take a break in the program, and we will be right back. And Ronnie Jones will be joining us coming up in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. And thank you for listening to this very special episode of Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. We'll be right back.
3: Your ride is more than just miles. It's a mission to squeeze more freedom out of every click of the odometer. Introducing the 2017 Touring Bikes from Harley-Davidson. The powerful, all-new Milwaukee 8 engine delivers 10% more torque for quicker acceleration. Paired with a new suspension that gives you more comfort and control on every ride. What does uncompromised freedom feel like? Why don't you find out for yourself? Discover more at h-d.com and live your legend. Compared with original equipment, 2016 Touring Models.
1: When an automobile driver hits a motorcyclist, what is the first thing the driver says? I didn't see them. That's right after they have suddenly turned left into your path. When we crash our motorcycle, what is the first thing we say? I didn't see it in time. Could have been a deer, a decreasing radius corner, sand or debris in your lane. The simple fact is most motorcycle accidents are preventable. And that is why I, Barry Boone, of Talking Motorcycles, recommends Clearwater Lights. The ability to see and be seen on our motorcycle is exactly how we prevent avoidable motorcycle accidents. When you call Clearwater Lights, you will speak to a real live person who specializes in you and quality products. Clearly, there's a brighter idea. Check them out at ClearwaterLights.com. Welcome back to the show. Riders call home talking motorcycles. Uh, we move into our next guest straight away because I took a little long in that first segment and I reserve the right to do that with all of our guests today and all have been told, in fact, that we may go just a little bit long. I've scheduled extra time, quite an honor, and I'm actually sad to say I've, we, I don't think we've ever had the guy on the show before, and it's I don't know why. Uh, and we've got to get him back on for a show to talk about his life as a rider and where he is it is today ronnie jones joins us Uh, ronnie hello and thank you for being a part of our show hey
4: barry glad to be on with you bud
1: really sir thank you all thanks to you Uh, ronnie you know the topic and and you you understand this topic probably as well as anybody first as a grand national expert for so many years and and being uh, deeply involved in this sport even of late and today uh, Ronnie, you've seen a lot of loss in your time uh, and, and even in, in your own family. What can you, how can you relate to us a little bit about your uh, feelings on this important topic?
4: Well, uh, you know, Bert, um, you know, with his brother Jim being killed in the sport, he, you know, he, he really said a lot of things that, that, that a lot of us in this racing community and fraternity feel and, Um, you know, just expand on it a little bit. You know, I know when, um, you know, as a racer, when something happened to people that, that I knew Mike Eskew and the sport and, uh, you know, different people, Randy Cleek was a friend. He was actually killed in a car accident, but, um, you know, you, he bird hit on he said you know people kind of sweep it under the rug and and i think that there's kind of this feeling about well if you just kind of don't talk about it don't think about it it'll it'll you'll keep it away from you you know you'll keep it off your doorstep so to speak and you know the the reality is when something you know when when these incidents kind of happen all in a in a series like they've happened to the sport here recently with with kyle and charlotte and then again with jameson and and even Zayden, you know, um, it, it's sort of, you know, you, you can't keep it away any longer, and that's probably why we're having this this uh, uh, topic today, you know, on your show. And it's, I when, when, um, it, you know, it's always a, it's always tragic, um, and, um, you know, when 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 it's happened over the years since my brother was killed in 1980. Um, you know, for me personally, you know, I had to, um, uh, I was the one that had to call my parents and let them know what had happened. And, and of course at the time, my, my, you know, my mom was on the other end of the phone and she says, you know, promise me you'll never race again. And, um, and, uh, you know, at that moment, you know, of course I said, yes, you know, that I, you know, I would never race again. And, and the, you know we went, you know, we went, went back to Oklahoma and went back to, uh, you know, had David's funeral and, and the, my whole family and my, you know, and my focus from the time I was about 10 years old had always been on being a professional motorcycle racer. And that was my life. And, and, you know, and I had friends at home that, that weren't in the racing community, but really the racing family was, 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 uh, was my family. And so, uh, you know, outside of my own personal family, but the, um, you know, after David's funeral, everybody kind of goes on with life. And just like Bert said, you know, uh, the next week, you know, they had a, they had a, uh, you know, uh, Jim's funeral and then, and then they had to get back to doing what they do, you know, get on with living and, uh, and kind of that, that was a, uh, you know, a real dilemma in, in my family at least, and at least for m- and me and me personally was, you know, reconciling that, that promise to my mom and, um, and, and also my, you know, my love for the sport. And, and, and I have to admit, you know, my, uh, I struggled with, um, you know, a lot of probably pretty obvious things, maybe not so obvious things about, you know, God and, and the sport and, and was it worth it and all those things. And, and ultimately, you know, the, you know, now looking back, I made the decision to keep racing. My mom made it easy for me because she came to me a little, you know, a week or two after David's funeral and said, look, I I know I made you promise this, but I want, you know, I, I don't want you to live your life to make me happy. I want you to live your life to make you happy. And, um, you know, and so I, after, you know, thinking about it a little bit, made the decision to come back to the sport. Um, you know, and, and now, you know, 35, 37 years later, um, you know, I had that, the, the benefit of, uh, knowing, you know, not what my life would have been like had I, had I given up something I loved in racing, but knowing what it's, it's been, uh, having stayed in the sport and, you know, and, and when Jameson, um, uh, passed it, uh, after Charlotte, uh, you know, I, I felt compelled sort of to post something because I feel like, you know, after, um, you know, after losing two young stars in the sport at Santa Rosa with Charlotte and Kyle, uh, and then losing another with Jameson, you know, it—I I felt like I knew kind of the questions, especially um, that in the riders that that race with with those young riders. You know what they were thinking, and so I, you know, I, I can't speak for everybody and make a a choice for everybody. But all I could do was share my experience. And, and that was, you know, I knew that, that my life had been, uh, better by choosing to, to stay in the sport and do something I love. And, um, like I said, I don't, I don't know what it would have turned out like, um, uh, you know, had I not kept racing, but I know because of the friends that I have and the experience that I've had, what I would have missed out on. And, and, you know, for me that, the, the you know, that at that time it wasn't an easy choice. Looking back now, uh, you know, it's like 100 to nothing. You
1: know, it was was the right choice. And your mom, you know, she knows you better than any human being in the world as a rule. And that probably was not an easy thing uh, for her to do. And you hit on something that I think is so important. Like I think, Ronnie, I think about the impact of these recent fatalities um, like Burt pointed out we've kind of been free of that for a while and i think you know i mean we we have lost some people like jethro and others and but still this hits so close to home and and there's so many people impacted team owners parents family members loved ones who have loved ones who race bike builders engine builders um promoters sanctioning bodies spectators i mean everybody gets kind of is impacted somehow by this and it's encouraging i think to especially coming from you like I remember Scotty telling me one time, not too long ago, and I, it's a little fuzzy, but your career has spanned, if I'm not mistaken, you have made national main events in four decades or something of that nature. Am I right?
4: Well, it, it wasn't over 40 years, but actually it was it's five, five decades. Uh, the first national that I made was in uh, 1979 uh, in the Houston Astrodome, and then I made Nationalists in the you know seventies, eighties, nineties, the the uh, t- you know the two thousands, and then and then two thousand and fourteen was the last national. I made so it was actually during five different decades.
1: What would you say to? And I got to let you get out of here. I got our other guests are lined up, and what a great guest you have been, by the way. Thank you so much. Um, what would you say if you had a, a young couple parents? Who approached you as you know the legendary you know guy that's been around the sport forever and said, Ronnie, our our son or our daughter is you know eleven, they're ten, they're eight. They all they really want to do is is uh, learn to flat track race a motorcycle. Um, what do you say to those parents today? What would be your advice to them in regards to this topic? Well,
4: you know, as a as a parent myself, and and having clearly, you know, you mentioned my mom supporting my decision to come back to the sport. And even as much as as painful as it had to be for her to come back, she said, you know, she would go with me to that first race back that I, that I made, which happened to be the Santa Fe TT national. And I, and I won that race and she was there and, and that was, you know, um, sort of cemented my decision to, to continue to race, but, you know, it would be really, um, there's, you know, one, and this goes back to the whole point of this, this whole conversation is, uh, you know, living is really what this is all about. And, and, you know, my mom and my dad supported my decision in spite of, you know, as a parent, now I see how difficult uh, at the time of, I didn't realize how difficult that might be, but, um, you know, I recognize now as a parent, how difficult that may be. And I would just tell those parents, you know, uh, your kids are doing something um, that, that keeps them focused and they're passionate about it, you know, support it, you know, love them and support it. And, and enjoy you know what comes from it and uh you know bad things can happen anywhere and and uh, hopefully you just know that they were doing something they loved if something does happen
1: bad that's great ronnie we're gonna leave it there thank you so much uh let's make a plan you and i to get you back on the show i, I would love to talk to you about um your five decades uh in and, in and out of this sport of motorcycle flat track racing i really want you back deal
4: hey no problem barry love to be on
1: And thank you for the work that you have done through the uh, AMA rookies class of 79. And we're going to talk to Charlie about what that really does mean today, but thank you so much. Thanks for everything.
4: You bet, Barry. Thank you, bud. Thanks for all you
1: do. Copy that. Ronnie Jones, ladies and gentlemen, joining us here on the program coming up next, we will have Charlie Roberts of the AMA rookies class of 79 and One thing I'll tell you about uh, the rookies class of 79 that kind of brings cold chill bumps to my arms right now is that uh, the family, I know this for a fact, the family of Jameson Minor were the recipients of the love and the money and the gifts that come from the rookies class. I don't believe they had to pay one penny out of pocket for Jameson's service. And uh, and it was a it was a fabulous service and 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 that and so many, many other things. And it's for those reasons and so much more that we look forward to having our conversation with Charlie Roberts in just a couple of moments. As we go to break, I want to just tell you all that motorcycle safety on the street is one of the driving forces of this program. And we talk about it ad nauseum throughout the year, not all the time, but but often. And one of the ways that I know that I'm able to stay alive out there doing urban combat and on the interstates and the two lanes is because other motorists can see me in the daytime and I can see the sides of the roads, animals, deer, and everything else, thanks to the amazing qualities of Clearwater Lights. Can I tell you just a couple of quick facts uh, about Clearwater Lights? First of all, this company's been in business 20 years, and uh, Glenn Stasky and his guys are amazing. They have designed a compact, easy to mount, simple to install set of aftermarket lighting with the full potential of uh, uh, high output LEDs. They use advanced microprocessor controlled circuits to keep light output constant at a real wide variety of, of uh, voltages. They use programmable circuits to control the power. You can even remotely adjust the brightness so you don't always get people calling for dims. You And you only get full power when you go to brights, which Which is when you need them and it's not a beam like your headlamp it's an all-encompassing beam that covers everything in your field of vision find out more at clearwaterlights.com and glenn stasky has uh well as a matter of fact glenn stasky at clearwater dunlop uh, motorcycle tires and bell helmets three of our sponsors have agreed to uh, provide some cool things to give to the rookies class for their auctions and uh, we're excited about that we'll talk about that with charlie time to go to break ladies and gentlemen and we will be back in just a couple of minutes. And uh, the great Charlie Roberts will be joining us from the AMA Rookies Class 1979.
3: This isn't the sound of an engine, it's the sound of a moment, an experience, of your heart beating stronger than ever. It's the sound of discovering more. This is the sound of the 2017 Harley-Davidson touring bikes, taking you on an unforgettable journey. Powered by the all-new Milwaukee 8 engine, and equipped with a new suspension that gives you more confidence, comfort, and control, so you feel the difference. Discover more at h-d.com and live your legend. Paired with original equipment, 2016 Touring Models.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show and I do have an announcement to make. I haven't released this information anywhere else, but starting on the 7th day of June of this year, uh, this program will emanate from the one of the most famous uh, AMFM radio studios in America. It was the place where MRN Radio was born. And uh, it's uh, been in continuous operation for a bunch of years. Classy, cool place. They still are the flagship station of MRN Radio. And this show will be coming to you live every week from WNDB. You can listen live on the WNDB app or at NewsDaytonaBeach.com by clicking on Listen Live, the time slot, and the day. Will be Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. And we thank uh, Shelly Rossmeyer, Rossmeyer's Daytona Harley Davidson, the whole Harley, uh, the whole family, the Rossmeyer family, for coming on board to sponsor that program to get us off the ground. And all of our corporate uh, national sponsors are coming with. And we will be uh, having a producer, and it's really going to be cool. I think you're going to really appreciate it. We move on in the program now. This portion of the show brought to you by Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. And with that, we welcome the man who really kind of pushed the throttle, twisted the grip, if you will, and said, Barry, let's do this and let's do it soon. And so here we are. We are talking about this topic that I think is so important with Charlie Roberts. Welcome back to the show.
0: Hey, Barry, how you doing today?
1: I'm really good. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Good day here at Daytona Beach. Pretty hot down here today. I think it's about 90 degrees, but there's a nice sea breeze coming out of the uh, Caribbean. It's helping to keep things comfortable uh, thank you so much for all that you do, and thank you for being on the show today, Charlie. Very important topic, I believe, one that we need to be talking about, and uh, so far it's, it's going great. Thanks for being here. Tell us more about AMA Rookies Class of 79 to get us started.
0: Well, Barry, the Rookie Class of 79 was Scott Parker, Wayne Rainey, Ronnie Jones, Tommy Duma, uh, Johnny wentz and myself. And Cycle News and the American Motorcyclist magazine did articles on us in the winter of 78, and they talked about the anticipation of that group of riders and what they were gonna bring to the sport. Um, 30 years later, Larry Lawrence did a Rookies Revisited at Indianapolis in 2009, the night that Kenny Roberts rode the TZ750 in his late 50s. Um, And we were interviewed live on stage in front of everyone. And that was the birth of the charity of the rookie class of 79.
1: Um, Oh, I didn't, didn't realize kinda, that. That's all, very cool. It,
0: it all kind of happened over a golf game and there was a little money involved and imagine that Parker would win and, uh, <laughs> he threw it all on the table and he said, let's do something. And here we are eight years later, approaching a million dollars in benevolence, um, and hopefully making an impact, uh, where it needed to be made.
1: It's amazing to me the amount of dollars that it flowed from the fans and the paddock and everyone involved through the rookies class and right into the uh, family budgets of injured riders and, and families who have experienced uh, total loss in the form of a fatality. I, I think it's incredible. What, how much money did you folks, uh, how much were you able to gift families uh, with and riders last year alone?
0: Uh, we raised $162,000 last year from the flat track fans and our sponsors. Um, and of that, 109 dollars went to actual immediate benevolence for travel expense or whatever was necessary. And on top of that, there's $33,000 that was raised. It's in an account for, uh, um, for Dominic Calendris for whatever that he will need um, going forward. Uh, unfortunately, Dominic has not been healthy enough yet to even... Um, get himself rehabbed to the point of being mobile um, but we're certainly hopeful and we continue to try to raise money for Dominic because his needs are going to be ongoing um, you know it, it seems like each year something happens or occurs and I, and I always say that that was uh, kind of the highlight and one of the early highlights um, was when Gage Bland got hurt at volusia and we were able to support and help that family tommy doom and myself went to the arnold palmer uh, children's hospital and prayed with his mother and his daddy and uh, we were able to support them financially um and then another highlight we were able to start a college trust fund for jethro halbert's son caleb um, ashley nunez's son and i always felt that that was one of our greatest accomplishments because that young man should have a college education paid for when he's ready to go to college. And that all came from the love of the flat track community. Um, came through us, but, but certainly not out of our pockets. Um, and then you fast forward, and unfortunately, we have the tragedies like we had with Charlotte and Kyle, and we were able to support those families and cover travel expenses and and memorial expenses and take care of try to ease the burden of that family um, in its entirety. And hoping, looking forward to 2017 in a year of, uh, of not being quite so necessary. And unfortunately, the third race in, uh, tragedy strikes again. Um, we were able to bless the minor family um, and able to cover the, the end of life expenses. And in fact, there's still, you know, unfortunately when something like this happens, um, every dollar that's needed isn't, doesn't come to the family immediately. Um, and in talking to Scott, there's still expenses that, you know, unaware, there's still, uh, medical expenses. There's still different things popping up. And very fortunately, we still have funds available for the family. Um, we were not only able to cover the memorial expenses, but we surpassed that through the love of the flat track community. Well, you
1: might not, you might not know this, Charlie, but those of us out in the sport, like everybody doesn't know the families of the riders as well as we wish we did. And that happens. And when that happens, we and I speak for everyone, I believe, in the flat track community at every level. We all value and appreciate those of you who can provide aid and comfort for these families. And it's almost as if you're out there doing it for um in representation form of all of us who cannot be there for them. Um, And it's, and it's just a huge debt of gratitude. And if not you who I can never remember a time in my lifetime of following flat track, when we had an organization that came anywhere near close to the AMA rookies class of 79 and on the topic of getting to know the families, I know that you do that. And I know that you've gotten to know uh, the family of Charlotte Canes well And uh, I know that you've come today with a a statement from the family. Would you mind taking a minute and uh, telling us a little bit about the statement and then just flat reading it for us? Because we're all, I'm really anxious to hear that.
0: Absolutely. And Barry, I met Charlotte and her daddy at the uh, first time I went to the Flat Out Friday, um, the Mama Tried Race in uh, Milwaukee on the concrete indoor. And I watched this this pretty little young girl that I had never really met. And I just kind of, for some reason, I was focused on watching her. And she raced her heart out. Uh, she podium that night. And I introduced myself to her and her father and uh, spoke with him. And from that point forward, I just kind of watched her career. And uh, um, can't say I became as close as I, as I wish I would have at this point, uh, but became certainly became – close friends. Um, and then when the tragedy occurred that occurred, um, I've stayed in touch with JP. Um, and, and there's an amazing story there too, because the funds that we raised for the Keynes family were more than enough to cover, um, his end of life expenses for his beautiful daughter. And, uh, Morgan Monroe was a big part of raising that money. We had a, we had a big party at Ray C.'s Harley-Davidson in uh, Flint, um, Matt Middleton and Ray C., and we raised a bunch of money up there. And so J.P. was kind enough. Then, then after that, Morgan got hurt at Savannah, and J.P. turned around and re-gifted the funds, that a portion of the funds, a great portion of the funds that came from the class of 79, and he gave them to the Monroe family. So, God, um,
1: that's amazing.
0: It just kind of tells you, you know, what flat track community is. Um, but, yeah, I have a statement from J.P., and I can't imagine him sitting down and writing this, but I'm grateful that he did. And it says, hello, Charlie. Thank you for asking me to provide a statement for Barry Boone's radio show regarding the unfortunate losses that have occurred in our racing community. Thanks for all of you and the Class of 79 do for the sport of flat track motorcycle racing. And he said, please consider the following. As the father of Charlotte Keynes, who lost her life chasing her dream of being a professional motorcycle racer, I'd like to thank the flat track community for their love and support after this horrific tragedy. Charlotte and I both knew the risks of racing and went into it with our eyes open. We did our best to be safe, whether it was equipment, track venue, and conditions, or just plain how she felt the day of the race. We've driven to races across the country only to turn around after seeing the track or the availability of qualified emergency medical responders at the venue. Fortunately, those situations were in the minority, and we attended many great race meetings and met wonderful people along the way. All the planning in the world cannot prepare you for the outcome that was our reality on 9-25-2016, the day that we both lost Charlotte and Kyle. I'm sorry, the day that we lost both Charlotte and Kyle McGrain. I don't go to a single, I don't go a single minute without thinking about my girl and have shed many tears. Tom McGrain Sr. and I have spoken numerous times about the loss of our children and have done our best to comfort each other. And now in the span of over just six months, we've lost two more young racers, Jamison Minor and Zayden Flores. I'd like to offer my condolences to their families and hope to someday meet them. Many people, including family and friends have asked, Why would we participate in such a dangerous sport? The answer for us was simple. It allowed us to really live instead of just exist. As Charlotte progressed on her journey of becoming a professional racer, she caught the attention of others, including sponsors and fans, who could see her passion. Hang on a second, Barry.
1: Yeah, take a minute, Charlie. Take a minute. It's all good. It's all good. I, I, too, I'm standing here just, I'm, I'm, I can't imagine uh, JP writing this. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing. And you for reading it. I'm sending you courage. You'll get this done.
0: Including sponsors and fans who could see her passion and helped her to pursue her dream. To those folks, I am humbled by your generosity and the help you've provided. Racing motorcycles is not for everybody, but for some, not racing is not in their DNA. I, for one, will continue to race and hope Charlotte enjoys watching me from above. One day we'll race together again. JP Kane.
1: Oh, beautiful. What can be said after that? What can be said? Um, Charlie, we've, I have heard from Bell and I have heard from Clearwater and I have heard from Dunlop and I've got, I've got tires from Dunlop. I've got helmets from Bell and lights from Clearwater and I'll be getting with you soon. and, uh, how, how, how do you, how could you instruct people if they want to be like, the need is not, it's still very, very, very present. And I know you've reached out now into some other areas and you're doing some things that are going to require funding. How how could you advise people to get involved? How can they personally help this cause?
0: Well, we are certainly not flush with cash. Uh, we have already, I, I, Catching the books up just this week, we have already paid out almost thirty thousand dollars this year um, in benevolence, injuries, memorial funds, and other such things. Um, unfortunately, the income thus far this year is only about sixteen thousand. So, there is most definitely always a need for uh, for continued support. Anyone at any time can go to amaft79.com and make an immediate donation of any amount that they would like. Anyone in the flat track community that has memorabilia that they feel would better be suited to help injured riders and their families or for whatever tragedies that occur um, can be donated to us for auction. We run two to three Facebook auctions a week and we do that, Barry, because the costs are are non-existent on Facebook. We had done some nationwide live auctions. Um, Problem with that is with the with the cash transaction and the auction, the fees end up being about 20%. And something that I'd like to let the race community know that when, when there's an injury that occurs and people start a GoFundMe, I certainly don't want to say that it's not good because it does help the families, but please keep in mind that GoFundMe is a professional for-profit organization and they receive 11% of whatever is donated so if someone donates you know if we raise $20,000 for an individual on GoFundMe $2,200 goes to GoFundMe we do the exact same thing with the class of 79 and 100% of every dollar collected goes to the families we charge nothing there is no there currently is very very minimal administration fees but all dollars that are collected for a specified purpose, an injury or a, a memorial, every penny that is donated to the class of 79 goes to the family, and that's something that they can rest assured. Um, we have just recently published all of our financials and everything through AFT on a, on a press release. Um, we also now have a schedule of benefits that lets people know exactly what they will receive in the event of injury. It's injury specific by bone or by days in the hospital, by ambulance ride, um, so it's all very transparent and it, you can see where your dollars are going. Unfortunately, when we have golf outings and things like that, golf, out, golf courses do not donate their property for free, so there are some expenses. Um, for the parties that we put on, I know you've been to one of the parties at Boone Saloon. Last year we had seven Grand National Champions in attendance uh, at the party and you talk about a unique opportunity for flat track fans to be able to get autographs from seven uh current and former grand national champions in one place at one time is uh, um pretty amazing so but yes people they can also send checks directly um all of the information is available on our facebook page there's also amaft79.com is our webpage where people can get address if they don't want to do a cash tra- – or a PayPal transaction. Some people don't like PayPal, and that does actually cost us 2.3 percent. So if you want every single penny that you're giving to go to the to the, who, we're, who we're proposing it to, then you send a check directly to the AMA rookie class of 79 and friends, and the address and stuff is on the website.
1: I don't think anybody would doubt, you know, what you said. I think we all already knew that, but thank you for saying it. And uh, real quick, I wanted to tell you, I've got two things, got a little tiny story that I'm going to tell you when I let you go. But first, um, I was impressed that Michael Locke, uh, the CEO at American Flat Track, I I thought it was very good that he made the trip up to Jameson's Celebration of Life. um, And also, I think, took part in the service, if I'm not mistaken, right?
0: Absolutely. He read a statement, and that's. I, I'm glad that you mentioned him because I wanted to share a statement that Michael and I, and we've had it a couple different times, but Michael is a professional gentleman that's been involved in many, many big things in his life. And uh, he, he made a statement to me. He said, Charlie, I've never been involved with a group of people um, that is more a community we call it flat track family, and Tammy Richmond kind of created that statement, or we've, we've coi- kind of coined it. Um, and there is no other community in the world like flat track family. When, you know, guys can be enemies on the racetrack, they can bump each other and be mad at each other, but let someone else say something bad about that other person, or let that person need something, uh, a bent part for their motorcycle or whatever, and the flat track community is the first one to come to bat for each other. And they're also the most generous people um in the event of benevolence or need um i'm certainly honored to be to be a part of this and uh and to help keep moving it forward but yeah i wanted to just acknowledge michael for all that he is bringing to the sport and yes him being involved with jameson's service um he read a statement from dave Despain that dave wrote about about life and death in the sport. And Barry I had one more thing that I wanted to say and, and I've spoken with this with many people and I said it to Scott Minor and I know, you know, I, I know David Jones, I know Steve Dahlfield. If we could set the clocks back and we could go back to before their accident and we could say, Okay guys, you know, here's where we're at. What are you gonna do? And and I have to believe with all of my heart that every one of them puts their helmet on and gets on the motorcycle this is what we love and it's hard to walk away from i have no it's it's what we love
1: those of us who ride on the street face that every day i don't own a car i ride fifty thousand miles a year i'm over a million miles and i do know every time i swing a leg over a motorcycle i may not come home i don't dwell on it i know it's true every rider uh at every level knows it too all right my my parting story for you personally and i'm going to share it with everybody i guess but um for four years um, of my six years of being the, uh, one of the two announcers at American Flat Track, I had an assistant. And when I met him, uh, and he really became my assistant, he was 11 years old. And not one podium, not one victory podium ever happened without this young man being there to take care of things. In fact, um, in 2012, uh, I was announcing road race tour and flat track tour uh, for AMA Pro, And that meant the XR-1200s at the MotoGP at the Indy Mile and the flat track show that evening. And I did victory podium uh, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Vance & Hines Harley-Davidson XR-1200 series. I got on my motorcycle and rode like an insane lunatic and pulled up behind the stage at the Indy Mile moments before opening ceremonies. And this young man walked up to me and handed me my fully audio tested wireless mic and he said to me, there's, there's so-and-so with ABC corporation. They're all lined up. These guys, here's the, here's so-and-so Here's Chris Goon over with the Harley Davidson motor company. Here's this one. Here's that one. He had all of my guests, all of my sponsor guests lined up, ready to go, had my mic tested. He literally handed me my microphone and I went right out and, and started opening ceremonies seconds later. And, uh, he's one of the flat track family members that we lost. That was a big loss. Uh, September 9th, 2012, uh, Tyler Brittlinger, he and his dad, uh, David on their way home from Knoxville, Iowa, leaving Daryl, uh, here to find his way, uh, post tragedy. But for four years, that young man was my guy. And I honest to goodness, uh, everything happened like clockwork because of him. And He was an amazing young man, and I'll be grateful forever for having known him and experienced the joy of his life.
0: Everyone that we've lost over the years, Barry, touched us all in some way, and I I made a statement in New Hampshire that Jameson was still touching us because he brought myself, Chaplain Joe Baggett, Ronnie Thomason, Anthony Barlow, um, and Jim Turchilla. He brought us all together, and we traveled across the country in Ronnie Thomason's motorhome. And the next morning after an 18-hour drive, we were sitting on the East Coast, and I said, you guys, he's still doing it. He's still affecting us because here we all are. And uh, I'm affected and every day by, by David Jones and Steve Dahlfield and Mike Eskew and, and Jay Ridgeway and, I mean, the, Rodney and Ted, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And, on and those guys are immortalized forever.
1: And, Charlie, there's another aspect, too, of Jameson is we got the word just a week or so after he passed, not even a week, that uh, he had saved four very, very terminally ill people uh, with uh, donations from his, you know, being a a donor. And, you know, again, life goes on, and he continues to make a difference. As to the end of the Tyler Brittlinger story, in my heart and in my mind, I know that the first person there uh, to greet a flat-track family member who passes – is Tyler Tyler. Brittlinger. He's there. I just know it. Charlie, thank you so much. And uh, we love and appreciate all that you and the entire AMA Rookies Class of 79 does on a personal and and a financial level. Thanks for everything. And thanks for making this show. Thanks for making me do this show. I really appreciate it.
0: I appreciate you, Barry. And I continue to uh, continue to try to improve and make things better and look forward to our continued relationship uh, in the flat track community.
1: Uh, ditto partner. Same here. That's Charlie Roberts, ladies and gentlemen. And again, if you would like to be a part of what they are doing and who wouldn't, uh, now's a good time to go to the, go to the Facebook page of uh, AMA um, Rookies Class of 79 or find their website. Go there. Give generously. Give whatever you can. Uh, your dollar makes a difference. Your 500 makes an even bigger difference. Be generous. It's uh, for the most worthy cause ever. And we do thank Charlie for being on the show. We've got one quick break coming up in the show, and then we will be back with our final guest on the show. Uh, How shall I say it? Last but not least, from Motor Racing Outreach, we will be joined by the man who works ever so closely with injured riders and families who have lost a loved one. That is Raymond Rizzo. As we go to break, I just want to make a quick announcement. This portion of the show was brought to you by Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. And can I say to you, because it's important, again, safety and performance go hand in hand, especially on the street. And if you ride a sports standard or a sport touring motorcycle, performance touring has been reborn. Uh, And Dunlop has now introduced a tire that lasts longer and performs at higher levels than all of its competitors throughout its entire lifetime, and that is the new RoadSmart 3. Less wear, and it works better uh, for a longer uh, period of miles um, you can ride thousands more miles on the road smart three than the competition. You can do so safely and you can go to their website at Dunlop motorcycletires.com and read for yourself a recent study, uh, that compared the uh, road smart three to a couple of the leading brand in sport tearing tires to see it's been out in Europe for about a year and it is the hands down performance and mileage leader in the uh, sport touring category. Check out Dunlop Motorcycle Tires and look at the new RoadSmart 3. We think you'll be glad you did. We'll be right back with our great friend, Raymond Rizzo, who is uh, now sporting his uh, motorhome, traveling from race to race, providing a comfortable place for people to gather and pray. We'll be right back. Dunlop is the largest supplier of original equipment and replacement motorcycle tires in the U.S. and the only motorcycle tires made in America. With operations headquartered in Buffalo, New York, Dunlop has been making and selling high-quality tires in the U.S. since 1923. With an unparalleled championship record, Dunlop Race Tire Technology transfers directly to the street. Dunlop, the only tire for your motorcycle made in America. I don't know how to thank these great people for being on this show today, but I'm just going to say a simple thank you. Raymond Rizzo will be up in just a moment. I also want to extend a very special thanks to all of you, Uh, who share our show on social media, who uh, tell your friends about it in the motorcycling world. This show covers flat track. We cover Moto America road racing. And oh, speaking of which, Moto America is in action for their first standalone event for the uh, 2017 season, following a very successful weekend at the MotoGP race down in Austin. The uh, Suzuki X-Star Championship is at Road Atlanta this weekend. And uh, it's going to be a great, great show. You can go to the the, uh, Suzuki website right now and buy tickets and get 15% discount on your ticket, by the way, in case you haven't got your tickets yet. They're going to have Suzuki Village full-blown up and running in the upper paddock deck with um, demo rides for all the Suzuki line 2017, as well as select 2018s. Uh, It's going to be really, really cool. There will be uh, 10 Suzuki riders chosen to participate in the private Q&A with uh, Yoshimura Suzuki Factory Racing team members uh, Roger Hayden and Tony Elias, who just won uh, the two openers, as he is wont to do down there in Austin. It's going to be really a cool weekend. It is always fun going to road Atlanta, and it's happening Uh, this weekend, and you need to make plans now to get on your motorcycle and head to Atlanta and support Moto America Road Racing because they are doing a great job of delivering. This portion of the show is brought to you by Bell, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I want to tell you now about Bell, and then we'll be able to close the show out post-Raymond Rizzo visit quickly because we're going to go a little long on the show, no question. I knew it was going to happen. Bell has recently, in the last several months, released in America the new Bell Star Full Face Helmet. Uh, from the Pro Star to the Bell Star, they all share some technologies that you need to know about. I, for one, wear a a, a solid white Bell Star full face helmet pretty much religiously every time I ride. It is absolutely the most comfortable they have their new profit technology they have like four or five shells for six or seven sizes so there is a unlike most companies who use two or three shells for all the sizes just change the interiors bell is actually in their profit they're actually utilizing five different shells in the creation of this star to personally fit you they have their trimax composite shell which is actually very cool it's a trimax is much like um well, it is. It's carbon fiber. It's a, it's aramid belts, carbon fiber, and fiberglass forming a lightweight composite shell that is budget-friendly, actually, and extremely light and extremely safe. Just one of the technologies, that, of course, and uh, the ecstatic Silver Liner and so many other things. But just bottom line, it flows a lot of air. It's super comfortable. It has massively huge eye ports that are, are uh, eyeglass-friendly. And the best part is the star, the basic star, is uh around $450 retail so you can be safe and comfortable for not a fortune you do not have to spend $1000 for a quality helmet today as a street rider and it's designed with technology to handle low speed mid speed and high speed uh, impact every one of them all the star line from the pro star to the basic star so check into it uh, at uh, bell hell, bellhelmets.com let's bring to the show the man who Certainly is, uh had, a, had more work to do, if you call it that, than he would have liked as well in 2016 and 2017. He travels the world, the, uh, certainly the U.S., following the flat track tour. You can catch him at many, many road race events throughout every year, uh, giving of his time, his energy, and whatever's in his heart on any particular moment, you're always going to get it. Raymond uh, Rizzo, welcome back to the show. Good to have you on.
5: Thank you, Barry. So glad to be with you.
1: I know you had to wait a little while. I, I'm sorry about that, but I, too many good things too many people had to say, and we didn't want to run anybody short. Um, how about with you, um, we begin with um, your thoughts about, I know I know you've brought with you a statement uh, from uh, Jameson Miner's family, and can we go right to that because i can't i can no longer wait um to hear the words and hear their thoughts at this critical time in their life
5: i'd be happy to Uh, stop minor is uh, jameson's dad and uh, this was the letter that i uh we read at the memorial service in new hampshire and it goes like this jameson If you were only here for me to tell you how proud I am for the young man you have become, I have watched you grow from a very shy, quick little boy to a very humble, fierce competitor with the utmost respect for your competition with outstanding sportsmanship both on and off the track. Your never give up attitude has inspired me as well as many others to strive for what they believe in and to always chase your dreams. I've seen many falls and bumps in the road that only seem to push you harder and come back stronger than before. Nothing ever kept you down. I would like to thank you for the opportunity to be your father and best friend for the last 21 years. You have given me much pleasure and proudness to be called not only your dad, but teammate, as we've spent countless hours together working on bikes, traveling, or just sitting back and watching you grow into your own those memories will never go away and will keep me strong through your loss i told you the week before charlotte that i love you more than anything in the world i'm so glad i did as we are as we all go on this journey with you looking over with us big holes in our hearts again i love you buddy and you will be held dear to me in my heart and never forgotten until we meet again. I love you and you keep doing what you love. I can't wait to watch you again. Love dad.
1: Wow. That's amazing. Isn't it, Raymond? Amen. It was uh, a
5: wonderful, uh, yeah. So a wonderful, uh, outpouring of love the whole, uh, the whole weekend, at uh, the memorial service, it was a joy to be uh, a part of it. And, and uh, I can't say enough about it. An incredible community like uh, Charlie and Ronnie and Bird had mentioned.
1: It's just it, it's just
5: so overwhelming uh, what, what's been going on. And, and I'm privileged just to be a little part of it.
1: Well, I think you're more than a little part of it. By the way, let me take a minute and ask you, uh, I know you're traveling uh, in the motorhome uh, real quick, uh, because I, I know people that follow you and that know you, that see you week in and week out at the uh, American Flat Track events and road racing events as well. Um, the, that's pretty cool that you now have a motorhome uh, that will locate you at the track on race weekends. So that's, I'm really happy to hear about that. Tell us just briefly about that. Thank you. Uh,
5: yeah, it's uh, the FindingTheFinish.com community center, <laughs> and uh, literally I'm parked in the uh, uh, Peyton Pruitt uh, parking lot in uh, uh, Savannah right now. So we're we're amongst Flat Track family right here, and uh, I'm actually on my way up to uh, Road America or Road Atlanta rather uh, with Moto America, and uh, literally we'll be able to serve the community from a fixed position that, that uh, you know, when we're needed, whether it's morning race time or at night, whenever uh, uh, we'll be accessible. So I'm, I'm really believing this is going to take uh, our um, impact to a, to a whole nother level. And uh, you, it's been really cool to see that. Oh, go ahead.
1: You, you've been wanting to be in that position and have a motor home and, and be available to the teams and the riders and the families for for so very long. How did that come about?
5: Well, uh, it was actually uh, quite supernatural. I mean, we've, we've been praying about this for uh, an extended period of time. And the only uh, drawback uh, was funding. And the cool thing is God spoke to one of our road racers and, and asked uh, him to let me borrow or use his uh, RV. And so that's how it came about. And, uh, uh, I think I shared maybe a year before that with him our vision for the community and to be able to serve and you know be able to have chapel services, Bible studies, and whatever the community may need just to be able to serve out of that and and uh, a safe place maybe or you know again whatever uh, whatever may present itself but literally that's how it started and and uh, you know our vision is is bigger than this we're hoping uh, down the road we'll be able to. Get uh, you know show haulers with a stacker trailer and go on with that to to, to really uh, to to serve both road racing and flat track and that sort of thing. But you know enough about that. That's that's just tools to use. And uh, yeah, I understand. Anything holding that pick is money. <laughs> but, yeah, I hear but you. But that's a is, good thing. It's,
1: yes, yes, it is. Um, I don't, you're breaking up ever so slightly. I don't know if you're in the motorhome right now or not, but if you could maybe step outside or move around a little bit, but it's not bad. It's just enough. Um, Raymond, you, you certainly, when, when a rider is, uh, involved in an incident and is transported pretty much, um, you're there, you know, for the family and you're at the hospital and, and you're, you're with them, you know, you're right, right in there with them. I, that must, that, that has gotta be. Uh, a very special calling. I mean, to know what to do, how to do it. Uh, I, I, for one, stand in amazement of of all that you do uh, for these these families, and it must give you a unique perspective uh, on all of this topic, everything about this topic, really, because of your of your active involvement with the families and the writers.
5: That's correct. I think, you know, I don't know if it's by default uh, how God wired me, but literally I know that uh, we've been placed, uh, I feel called by God to do what we're doing, and I tell people and mean it that it's in spite of me that he uses uses me in, in our community. And, uh, you know, like somebody will say, you're the man. It's like, no, I just know the man. And literally that's been the strength of what I've been through with all these riders. I mean, sometimes I'm like... You know, how much more can we take? But the point is God has so much love and and uh, I just am so overwhelmed personally and want others to have that same opportunity to be able to be loved by God no matter where they're at, what they're doing. And uh, uh, that's been literally what keeps me moving forward. Um, in spite of whatever happens. And, you know, I had a number of uh, incredible things that happened through the Charlotte weekend uh, at the hospital. And even after that, uh, you know, that God had confirmed supernaturally that this is, you know, what to say, this is what not to say, and, and, you know, so on. So, literally, I feel like a kid in a candy store, just resting, walking with our community. And, and when there's needs, I just ask our father, how can, how can we help this, you know, this family that's, that's just suffered tragic loss. And every time he's given me, you know, the word and, and uh, it's, it's, that's literally been so encouraging. And, you know, I, I know God has a plan for all of all of us and that's the uh thing that I look forward to is, is seeing those plans uh fulfilled, you know. Um not only in what we're doing race wise, I wanna see everybody win. Uh I wanna see uh, everyone on the top of the box or anywhere on the box. <laughs> and then you know, the same goes with uh in life. You know, I, I love to see our community win in life and whatever the struggles may be. Uh, we're, we're trying to, you know, encourage folks to uh, look uh, heavenward and, and uh, you know, receive blessings from from God and, and literally be able to uh, whatever tragedy may, we may uh, uh, come against because we definitely uh, will see that. And that doesn't matter whether you're a flat track racer, a family of a flat tracker, or a road racer, or or, or just a, a regular person on the uh, on a, um, what do you call it? The journey of life. It doesn't matter. And, uh, that's one of the things, uh, I know we've talked about it before, but I, I really believe that the, uh, the racing, um, you know, the folks that say you shouldn't ought to do it or whatever. And it's like, you know, I really feel that we should do whatever we're wired to do. And, and, uh, if it's racing, let's do it and live life, not just exist. And, uh, that's why I love our community. You know, they, they live on the edge and, and they're not foolish. I believe they take all the safety precautions they can on all levels. And, uh, uh man, I, I can, I support that hundred percent.
1: Yeah, me too. Hey, I know that, uh, you don't, you know, while you are, I know fortunate to be involved, uh, with, uh, um, Motor racing outreach. Um, it's a good thing to have MROs backing, but I, I, unless things have changed, that I know for a fact that doesn't include financial backing. Um, how can people support you and help you to travel up and down the road with all the expenses that come with that, Raymond? Where do they go to give, and how do they learn more about what it is you are doing?
5: Uh, well, um, finding the finish dot com is the best way just go to, go to my website you'll be able to find anything or catch me on social media raymond rizzo no no big deal i'm easy to get a hold of catch me whenever uh but you know it, it i understand what you're sharing it's not about you know, we want to make sure that these families are are supported so we want the class of 79 supported and you know if uh there's there's uh you know somebody that has the ability that'd be great uh just be come one of our pit crew members <laughs> and uh right but, you know, all it is is finding the calm and, and you can get all of me but uh um literally god has been providing uh on a on a moment by moment base and uh you know so
1: um well god i mean god works I, I, go ahead god works through us you know i mean he he uses our hearts. He uses our hands. And, you know, I, I think we, we all need to probably do a better job of, uh, of supporting not only the AMA rookies class of 79, but, but Raymond Rizzo too. You know, I, I really believe that Raymond, I think you're, you're a gift. And um, honestly, if, uh, if you think about it, whether a person is a believer or not out there on the trail uh, you're still there for them providing, you know, the love and the comfort and the direction and and giving them, Food for thought. And, and we're, we're behind you all the way. And we, we all thank you uh, for all that you do for these these families and these riders. I mean, you are that guy that is the go to guy. And I know you have the backing of American Flat Track. I know you have the backing of uh, Moto America. And uh, just wish you all the best and, and certainly wish you safe travels uh, to complete your journey up to uh, Road Atlanta. That's really wish I was going to be there with you this weekend. I know it's going to be a great weekend, first standalone race. Uh, of the year for Moto America, and the stars will really be shining up there in Georgia for sure.
0: <laughs>
5: Amen. And we're going to have a special guest uh, speaking uh, along with me in our chapel uh, service. It's actually one of the uh, uh, racers. I'm really excited about seeing that uh, be accomplished. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to mention that that I've been really been burdened with since last year, and that is personal responsibility, encouraging folks to take personal responsibility, no matter what uh, issue that they're facing in life, um, whether it's throwing a leg over a leg, uh, it doesn't matter. But when you do that, you need to take personal responsibility. So no matter what happens, uh, it's all on you. And literally, uh, when we do that, I think that, um, you know, we will live a better life. Basically, we'll, we'll be more fulfilled, we'll be more joyful and that sort of thing. When we, uh, you know, count the cost ahead of time and say, all right, here we go, this is all on me. And uh, don't assume, don't, uh, um, you know, uh, take the the uh, burden and put it on somebody else. You, we, we do it ourselves. And, and I really think it'll it'll be a blessing for our community and for your family and so on and so forth. So, That's
1: my encouragement. (laughs) Okay. Hey, I like it. I'm with you. Um, And I appreciate you taking time to be with us here today, uh, my friend. And maybe that take personal responsibility should apply to the keyboard warriors that Um, go out there and criticize racing organizations and promoters and everybody involved moments after a tragedy occurs. You know, I posted on my Facebook page, on my Barry Boone personal page, an interesting article uh, written by a lady who had lost a loved one and the uh, the unbelievable effects that uh, Facebook had uh, and not in a good way. Uh, in the hours and days that followed, there's etiquette that needs to be applied, and people start second-guessing everything immediately, and that is not what that time is for. There will be time for that, and don't get me started, but I do invite you to go read that, Raymond. You might, on my on my Facebook page, you might find it interesting oh, yeah. because it, I, I certainly did. It was did.
5: beautiful, yes. I did see yeah, that, Raymond, and I think it was beautiful, yes.
1: Well, listen, my friend, thank you so much for being with us today. Safe travels, uh, going down the road, we are all with you.
5: Thank you, and God bless you, and God bless all our listeners.
1: Raymond Rizzo, ladies and gentlemen, we know him as Motor Racing Outreach. The paddock knows him as a friend to the paddock who is always there providing comfort and direction. We appreciate that. I got to just say uh, quickly in the closing moments remaining, and we just don't have any. uh, First, I want to thank you, the listener. Without you, nothing, all the good things that are happening with Talking Motorcycles would not be happening. So thank you so much. Special thanks to uh, our guest today, Bert Sumner. Bert, thank you. We really value you being on with us today and sharing your special insight. Ronnie Jones, can't say enough to you uh, about your comments, how real they were. I can't wait to go back and listen to them again because I know that they will have impact on thousands of people that will hear this show. Thank you so much. Uh, Charlie Roberts, keep on keeping on. You and the uh, entire group at the Rookies Class of 79, Tammy, you too and all that uh, help keep that show on the road and doing great work on a daily basis every day. And thank you to our good friend Raymond Rizzo for coming on and sharing his insight as well. I'm Barry Boone. Thank you again for being a part of this show. We're going to have a great flat track show. We're lining it up right now uh, that I think you're going to really enjoy with some stars of the series coming up prior to the next round out at uh, Arizona at the Arizona mile. We're going to do that. We've also got yet another Moto America show lined up. So stay tuned. Much happening here uh, on the program, but mostly it's all powered by you. Thank you, everyone. Ride hard, ride safe, but have fun.